These guys know more than your favorite team's general manager. These are the Armchair Athletes, hosted by Taylor, Terrell, and Clayton. The best place to get your craving for all the top sports. Only on CMRU.ca. Buy students for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Armchair Athletes, hosted by Clayton, Terrell, Taylor, and Will. We've got a special guest. Friend of the show. What's up, everyone? I don't think he's that special anymore. No, no. Just just guest. If this is my fourth time, I'm like the Aaron Rodgers of your show, so I guess GOAT. Is that, is that what we got to say? The goat guest? The I mean, goat yeah, guest? that's true. All right, that's enough. How do you yeah. know already, Truman? <laughs> and that's the end of Truman's time on air. He's been kicked out of the studio. All right, first thing I want to say, Should I don't we? even know if my mic's on. No, it's in. Um, big shout out to the men's Cougars soccer sure. team. They are about to kick off nationals in Sydney, Nova Scotia against, hold on. Um, oh, my gosh, I'm gapping out on the York. team they're playing. York University. Um, first MRU team to win a Canada West title um, because the women's hockey team last year did not actually win the Canada West title. They came in second and then were an eight seed to win it all the way. This is the first MRU team that's ever been a number one seed at nationals too. So um, that's yeah. that's a, that's a clappable thing. Let's go, fellas. Um, number one seed is pretty insane too. Um yeah, so the game is supposed to kick off right now, but it hasn't quite started yet. I don't think. Um, I went to the I went to the game on Saturday. Just like I watched like I guess three quarters of it. Um, they scored as soon as I got there, um, and MRU scored, um, and then UBC kind of had most of the possession for the rest of the game. It was a bit of a, it was definitely a tight game, uh, but MRU played really well. Um, we have the defensive player of the year, Caden. I can't remember what his last name is. Ro- Rogozinski, I think his name is. He's the um, U Sports uh, Defensive Player of the Year for all of Canada soccer. So he uh, held it down with a couple of the other guys. Um, another clean sheet for Aiden Dumoulin, who's their goalie, who I think has the most as a rookie in U Sports history. Wow. Which is pretty insane. Which, if you guys don't know what a clean sheet is, it's just a shutout. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty insane. Um, yeah, and then they're in nationals for the first time in their history. Um, so, MRU Sports is looking up in the past couple of years. I We've gonna, got yeah. some contenders. We're a dynasty, guys. No. We're, we're getting good. If Hockey, only our school could advertise it a little bit better and actually make the students aware of what's going on. That's the true. one thing I would say is a bit of a qualm for MRU. Yes. But, uh, it's for uh, all sports. Yeah. yeah, it's brutal. It is for all sports, I would say. Uh, Home opener for the basketball teams this weekend. Good to know. <laughs> Listen in, Shout folks. Do, yeah. do they play U of A? Yeah, well, they do. They yeah. do? Shout out my boy E on U of A. He's going to be no, here. Bro. They're going to lose. Yeah. He's putting up zero points. I, I'm cheering for U of A for this one week. 27 okay. turnovers, zero Why points. Why is this happening? Oh, here we go. Yeah, the game still hasn't started. I don't know what's going on. They're mm-hmm. just a bit late. Um, they're about 37 minutes late, unless Ooh. this U sport thing is just really late. Um, Maybe they forgot they were supposed to play. You never know. Yeah, they just didn't show up. <laughs> Just an Arctic Oops. snow on the East Coast just <laughs> now, decimated them. Here's here's one thing I want to say just quickly. So in the two first full years of the armchair athletes, we've had a team go to nationals and team win the U-sport title. 
the armchair athletes curse is being reversed in real time, folks. At least just for compl- our just, just completely forget about what happened that first year. That's, I said first two full years because the first year doesn't <laughs> yeah, count. Yeah, that was a half was only, year. We're technically only, only year. in our two second and a half. Listen, I, I thought I was thinking of that in my head. I was thinking of how to word it. So but I would say, oh, sorry, I would say they, they didn't make nationals the year that they missed that had that problem, right? That was the year that they didn't make nationals. Those uh, the talking correct. Year? Yeah. Okay. Never mind then. But I thought they made nationals doesn't and count. lost, but it doesn't count because we. Either way, they're looking up. Yeah, we have some promising athletics coming around here for MRU, considering we've only been in U sport for I think it's like fifteen years, not even. Um, I think I f- knock on wood, but I feel most confident with the men's soccer team. They look very, mm-hmm. very good all year. I think it's pretty. Um, I think it's pretty cool too because kind of look within Calgary and UFC gets all the headlines gets all the attention yeah. maybe that's just an underdog uh, I, I was gonna say i think mentality sports us, has had a good the last three years i'd like to know the head-to-head in all our sports yeah well I ho- think women's hockey we've we've totaled them like it isn't yeah men's hockey is the one i would men's say is, is still and obviously we don't have football but i would say most of the other sports in the last we'll say three years because i think before that i would say ufc has had a better run with their athletics um but I would say it's probably MRU winning head-to-head to matchups in all our sports for sure. Um, anyways, well, did, yeah, I just wanted to do a little local yeah. quick yeah. one. But, um, yeah, shout out to them. The game's about to start, I think, unless it's just <laughs> they just gave up. But uh, and, um, and our football team didn't lose once this year. It's no, true. Undefeated. Never lost. A lifetime lost. undefeated. Yeah. We are true. the best Canadian football program of all time. Yeah. True. <laughs> Very true. I think we got three people in here who could pe- who could compete with their golf team too? Me? Get, I wouldn't yeah, say I'm not. I wouldn't Put say our team I'm together, that good Taylor. Truman, Taylor, me, Will. Yeah, just a three we could golf team. Could do it. Let's get it going. So, Clayton and I can be there for moral support. <laughs> <laughs> You're our caddies. One's got to carry two bags. That's the only problem. Um, yeah, but uh, just shout out to them. Uh, yeah. I guess we can get on with the actual show. Well, I think that's a good way to start off the show. I think we'll uh, since we've got Truman on the show, and I'm not sure what Truman's schedule looks like. We'll start out. Here with the NHL. He's a busy man, folks. Yeah. Lucky to have him on. Hard, hard, hard to get him. <laughs> so I've been, before we get into the uh, winners and losers segment, I think this discussion may take up, take up a bit of the NHL discussion this week. And that's Truman. I've wanted to have you on the show. And now it's been a few weeks, I guess, maybe a bit late for this discussion. But uh, I discussed a few episodes ago, I believe it was the Central Division preview on what I expect out of Connor Bedard this season. And basically what I think he has to do, and I said this on the show, is at the very least, for him to justify the hype, he has to be Nathan McKinnon or Austin Matthews. I think he has to win multiple Hart trophies in his career, which means two or more, and at least one Stanley Cup, because I think a cup these days is hard to come by. I think you see that with with the best player in the world right now, Car McDavid, and the challenges they're facing in Edmonton. So I want to know... And I said as well for this season, at the start of the season, I said I expect him to have a similar rookie year to Matthews because I think he's a better player than Matthews was coming into his rookie year. But Matthews had more guys around him than Bedard has in Chicago. And I believe Matthews had around six, it was 69 points, I think it was, and 40 goals his rookie year. I expected something similar out of Bedard. And so far, the kid looks like the real deal. Doesn't look like James Neal, but still looks like the real deal. Um, so, and I know you're a big Bedard guy, Truman, uh, give me your take on what 
you expect out of him, kind of like similar to what I just said, like career-wise, and then we've kind of seen what he looks like this season, but maybe how do you expect him to finish off the season? Yeah, so as far as it goes with Bedard, I mean, he's he's if, if you thought he was going to be a point of the game out the gate, I mean, like who was the last person to do that? Crosby and Ovechkin? I like, know that, well, depends how how you want to define that like coming out of the draft I, yeah it would like be straight out yeah because there was barzal we're not, had yeah, we're not counting like caprizov or like panarin or yeah like i don't even know what panarin was but anyways no like that that's that's just a wrong expectation no i think he's been absolutely great i think he uh i honestly think he is more of a winger than a center i know that's weird to say he is undersized but he plays the center really well like he is responsible defensively i don't care whatever plus minus metrics you're gonna throw at me those aren't really valid at least in my eyes uh but yeah seven, especially on a team like Chicago yeah seven points in 11 games on a, a bottom feeder in the league and not playing with with much help at all I think he's been really good and yeah I, I expect that going forward he has pretty much an unsavable wrist shot it is uh one of the craziest shots for a I've guy ever seen. that's not a big guy he can well really his shot. yeah his release is is something I've never seen before it, although he is sneaky like muscly he's not a big dude like, you wouldn't think he would have the power that he does. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And, and I've already noticed he finds those quiet areas. His speed isn't isn't what it was in junior. Like, he wasn't just skating circles or just dangling through people. But that's actually a good thing for him. I think being able to adjust to playing a game where you're not just trying to make a highlight reel goal every yeah. time is really important, and it helps you develop that 100-foot game. It's a lot different when you can't just skate through the whole team. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be gr- really good for him. And I don't want to put an expectation on him, like, well, he has to be, yeah, like Matthews or McKinnon. Like, of course, you'd like to see those numbers. And I I do think that he can reach that point. I do think that's a possibility. But, like, take a look at Marcel Dion, for example. Never really, like, a major award winner. He won a couple Lady Bing trophies. And, and, and he was a great player. He won an Art Ross and put up 100 points several times in his career. Never won a cup. Never was considered the best player in the league and a lot of people in our in today's age don't even remember who he is and like he was one of the best players in his era and so i think even if he reached that like how many times did marcel dion put up 100 points like six seven eight times like it was ridiculous so i think as long as he's like making be like he's a star on his own team he's consistently within that top five top ten player conversation like if he takes a similar career path to what David Pasternak has done, I see that as a success. Like David Pasternak is an elite player in this hockey world, and if he continues on this trajectory, he's like a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, yeah, with Bedard, I don't think he needs to be McDavid or Crosby. I think it's doable, but uh, I, I think I think this year, yeah, he's not going to be a point per game. Next year, I think we see something super special, and year three, I think, is a takeover potentially. That's fair. I. Can't say I disagree with any of what you just said, so I think we'll just agree there. Fair enough. Um, which is something me and Truman don't n- normally do often, but uh, we do agree there. Agreed. Agreed on that point. <laughs> so I guess we'll get into the winners and losers here. So we're going to start off with the two winners before we get to the big-time winner. First winner, Anaheim Ducks. Yes, they lost Pittsburgh on, I believe it was Tuesday night, but they legit look like they have a shot at the playoffs, I think. And I think they're a legit team. And the guy that was supposed to be their best player, I think a lot of people would have thought would have been Trevor Zegras. 
But he hasn't been great to start off the year for Anaheim, and yet they're still cruising along. Like, even if you get, I think, Trevor Zegers from last year, like a 60 or 70-point guy, I think it would make him even better. But currently, they're on, they had, a, or I should say uh, not currently, but they had a six-game winning streak before the loss to Pittsburgh. Mason McTavish had 13 points in 12 games. Uh, Pavel Mintukov, who's looking like a potential Cald- Calder finalist on the blue line, kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think many people projected him to be a finalist for that award, but he has eight points in 12 games as a d- young defenseman for the Ducks. I know that Cam Fowler is a veteran back there, but Minchukov's kind of looking like could be a potential number one for them going forward. Um, another winner here, the LA Kings. I expected this team to be a playoff team at the start of the season, but I didn't see them as a top team just kind of because I thought the goaltending might hold them back. But really, Cam Talbot, he's been great to start the season, has 6.6 goals saved above expected and a 930 save percentage in net for the Kings. And I seen them last night playing against Vegas. I will say this, they're a very tough team to play against. They're a very physical team. And they have been the last few seasons, but I think the issue has been goaltending. But if Talbot can secure that spot for the Kings, I think they could be a top team in the Western Conference, really, as the season goes on. And lastly, the big-time winner, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they've pretty much broken the Edmonton Oilers at this point. Uh, beat them for the third time this season, but more b- basing this around the Canucks and just overall what they've done. I didn't even really have them making the playoffs coming into the season. I thought they'd be mediocre at best. And right now, they're a clear top three team in the Pacific Division. And right now, if the season ended today, it's only 11 games in, but still, Thatcher Demko would win the Vesna right now has a 13.5 goal saved above expected and 948 save percentage. Quinn Hughes would win the Norris if it were handed out right now with 20 points in 12 games. He's been absolutely ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, these last two seasons from Elias Pedersen have just been insane. 21 points in 12 games so far. And then Brock Besser, 10 goals, 15 points in 12 games. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw the other night against Edmonton, but towards the end of the game, Vancouver put out their power play one up 5-2 with a minute left in the game due to McDavid getting mad last time and the Oilers were being a bit dirty towards the end of the game so I think Vancouver tried to stick it to them putting out their power play one and run up the score which I always love no matter the circumstance. Besser scored and then Cody Cece flipped his stick up in the air and Besser kind of just watched it and it came down and he caught it like it was nothing. (laughs) It was pretty funny. (laughs) But uh, Truman, what are your thoughts on uh, any of these winners? Any you disagree with, or am I kind of on the right track here? Uh, so with Vancouver, I 100% agree. They're completely outdoing themselves this year. Quinn Hughes taking an absolute step. And I got a good buddy who's a, a who's a Nux fan, and he said, yeah, Quinn Hughes has really developed defensively. I'm like, okay. Went and watched a couple games from last year. I was like, yeah, you know what? Actually, he's a bit more sound back there. And, and I agree. Like, he's the Norris front runner right now. Uh yeah, Vancouver, Vancouver's been surprising, and they still have lots of young guys that they can mess around with in that, that bottom six, whether it's a Hoglander or a, a Pud Colson. They got uh, Lecker Mackey coming up eventually. So, yeah, Vancouver, for a team that looked way out of place last year, uh, is started to come together. And yeah. Is it head coach Rick Tockett, like, potentially? Is that they played well towards the end of last year with him? Maybe there's an actual, yeah. like, foundation there. Uh, Vancouver's been very, very good. I I 
they've had lots of great players for years. Now they're playing as a unit, and that has been uh, big for them. And Demko's always been a good goalie. Now we're really, really getting to see on a bigger stage what he can do. Uh, I, I do disagree with the Anaheim one. Not so much that they've been a winner to this point, uh, but the I don't. Playoff team. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think they're a playoff team. They're too young. Troy Terry is one of my favorite players in the league. I absolutely love watching him, but they're not there yet. They're they're too young, and I know people have said, like for example, in NFL, like the Bengals had that one season. I, I just don't see Anaheim yeah. in in that position, especially because we know they're probably not getting in the top three in that division. Uh, like Edmonton probably isn't making the playoffs, even though we're hardly any games in. Uh, they're just such a mess. But I do think if Anaheim relapses a bit, Edmonton can go and snatch that. And then, of course, you got Minnesota. And and I I think Arizona's a better team than they are. Yeah. I think Winnipeg has a slight edge at the moment. So yeah. I don't see them getting in, in under any circumstances. And I think, too, got to keep in mind couple seasons ago I believe the 2022 season was actually looking like the Ducks might make the playoffs and it just had a complete collapse in the second half of that season and uh, ended up missing and then of course had the disastrous year that they had last year but yeah um, and I, I think you made completely fair points there I think th- I'm not going to guarantee that they make the playoffs I just think that they could be in the mix as the season goes on I think, I think Arizona is that, that young team that are people are looking forward to get in, though. I really think Arizona has a chance. I th- I definitely think that could happen as well. Now to the losers part. I feel bad here. San Jose Sharks. <laughs> Listen, I know that they got a win against the Philadelphia Flyers the other night, but in the last week they allowed ten goals in back-to-back games, which I don't think has happened since like. The, the 60s. Bruins. It was the Bruins. Was it the back. 60s? The Bruins did it twice in like the 60s, yeah. Is that And the Maroons. Is I that think, good? Oh, no, the Bulldogs. <laughs> the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs or something. I can't remember. I love when there's a stat and it goes back so far that it's like a historical team that is, doesn't, doesn't exist, exist anymore. anymore? Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> but so I guess after their back-to-back 10-goal losses, uh, GM Mike Greer basically went in and read the riot act to the team, supposedly. But I... I, I I, I don't th- I don't really think I, he did because he's the one who built this team hang into the season and it it was clear from the beginning they were tanking but at the same time too I just I feel bad for the veterans on that team that have been there a while guys like Logan Couture and Thomas Hurdle now I don't really like them as players kind of stemming back from the Golden <clears throat> Knight Sharks rivalry shut up Truman <laughs> uh, but. Um, yeah, I, I just, I wonder what those guys, like, I feel like, so the GM obviously I think wants to tank, like I said, but if you're guys like that, I don't think that you like what's happening to the team. And I think you kind of, after a while, after, cause Couture's the captain of this team, he's been there a long time. He's been through there now through the ups and now the downs. I think he, after a while, you probably take pride in a team like that and you don't want to see them go through this regression that they've went through these last four or five seasons. And I just think that, uh, yeah, it's kind of a bit insulting to those guys. Mark Edward Vlasic as well, longtime defender there. And he's not been playing his best hockey. It's That'd be an understatement, I guess, to say. But at the same time, too, I just think that for those guys, they probably don't like what's happening. And, I mean, by the time this team's good again, they may not, they may not be in their primes, so... 
I think if you're those guys, you probably don't like what's happening in San Jose. Yeah, you probably won't be hearing, Couture, that's one. Hurdle, Shut up. that's enough, two. Enough. Couture, let's see. I have no in memory the playoffs, of that. In the the Stanley Cup erased the memory of that, Truman. <laughs> uh, next here, the Philadelphia Flyers as a loser just simply because they lost to the Sharks this week. I don't even know how the rest of their week went. But losing to the Sharks puts you on this list. Um, and I was watching the Flyers broadcast and the post-game show was kind of hilarious because they cut back to the studio with the analysts and they're literally like, well, we're that team. <laughs> they were kind of depressed. So then the one guy tried to lift up their spirits and was like, oh, well, but the boys played really hard tonight. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but you lost to the Sharks. <laughs> I'm sure the Sharks were saying that after they got beat 10-1 as well. You played really hard. It's just the excuse. <laughs> um, now to the ultimate loser. This part I also kind of feel bad about because it feels like I'm just beating a dead horse at this point. But I had no other choice. It's the Edmonton Oilers. Who else would I pick for this segment? And I was actually suggested by Truman and Taylor maybe get rid of the segment purely for this show because it would be sounding like I'm ragging on Edmonton. But, like, I I don't want to get rid of this segment. I want this to be a weekly thing. And there's no other choice here but Edmonton. Um... They're kind of like the LeBron of this segment. Not one, not two, not three. Not <laughs> Putting up historical numbers. Yeah. Um, but that game against Vancouver the other day, they came unraveled in that third period. There was Connor McDavid got a misconduct. Dreisaitl got one, and I think Hyman got one as well in that one play. Woodcroft got kicked out of the game. I seen someone on Twitter said something along the lines of they were watching the game on mute, and it looked like Woodcroft had just quit on the team. But, uh, no, um, I, j- I was left with no other choice but Edmonton for the segment this week. And, as well, Truman mentioned it earlier, I don't think they're making the playoffs at this point. Like, you have a lot of digging to do. And I know there's 70 games left, but thanks the American Thanksgiving's coming up in a week or two. I'm not quite sure on the exact date. But that's usually a benchmark in the NHL season for teams that usually you decide whether a team is legit or not. And at this point, it looks like the Oilers are out of it. Now, I know that there's teams, there's anomalies like the St. Louis Blues that were last place a couple years ago um, at New Year's and then turned it around and won the Stanley Cup. That's one team out of, like, how many? 900? I don't even consider that a percentage. So, yeah, I just, I can't see Edmonton turning around their season at this point. And we're seeing it right now, what the Oilers actually are. And it's that if they don't get superhuman efforts from McDavid and Dreisaitl, they're a bottom-feeding team. They are. Truman, I know you want to add to that. I've been waiting a long time to hear those words. I think I've been on the Oilers, are a two-man team, have no defense, no goalie, for like, Clayton, what would you say? Since you've known me, have I not said the same thing about the Oilers for years? So this is great, one, because it's not how you build a team. Like, Ken Holland's made a mess of it. That's not how you... I'm not a GM. I'll never be a GM. And, like, I'm not the most knowledgeable guy in the world when it comes to that. I know that's not how you build a team. I Like, that stuff, like, playing Chell teaches you that that's not how you put a team together. Yeah. And so I... Yeah, I've just been kind of praying on their downfall because it's not good for for hockey in a sense. Uh, But, yeah, I I think that it's finally good that this is kind of catching up with them. And also, their fans are just delusional, and so it's great 
to just hear them try to figure out what's going wrong because they don't know anything either. Uh, so I, I'm loving what's going on with the Oilers. Feel bad for McDavid. Feel bad for Dreisaitl. You're great players. You'll want to win. And you want to see those guys win, but, yeah, they're, they're not in a good position to do so. so. I, I, I can't rag on the fans too much here because I've got a couple of buddies there, Oilers fans. Shout out my roommate, Craig. Shout out McMullet that's at all the Oilers games. So, yeah. Um, but for Edmonton here, kind of feels like a coaching change is pretty close. I think at the very least it should be a GM change. I don't know. I feel like people like Jay Woodcroft kind of reminds me a lot of the Sergeant and Maple Leafs coaches over the past couple of years. Just not... Doesn't have that killer instinct. Not assertive enough. Not... Like, too wishy-washy, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, not uh, put the foot down. People like Rick Tockett, but, who are more like... It feels like they're more strict. I, so I, their team gets turned around, and then look how they do. I, I feel d- like... Uh, sorry, I just want to finish yeah, off here. Sorry. I feel like Jay Woodcroft is doing anything but blaming anybody. Yeah. And I think there comes a point when you're struggling enough in any sport. Fortunately, you got to start blaming people. Yeah. And I do think the coaching change is coming just by the nature of the team right now. But I, I don't really think it should happen because at the same time, like Truman brought up, the roster that they've built, if it's built so that McDavid drives, where it relies on those two players to be superhuman literally, in terms of production. But I wouldn't say their team is that bad around them. Yes, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's true. If, if I, Worst defense Truman, score in the NHL. Truman, if I asked you right now to name who's the sixth highest or Oilers scoring forward, so you have a clear top five. You have McDavid, Dreisaitl, um, Hyman, Kane, Nugent Hopkins. Who's the sixth? Derek sixth? Ryan. Is it Derek Ryan? That's just I, I checked the other day, and it was Warren Fogle. Okay. But still, oh, I said Warren Fogle's not a top six He's forward. He's not on there anymore. He's on Detroit now. Mm. Warren Fogle's not a top six forward. No, exactly. Put it this way. I feel like there's teams in the league that have way worse scores. Uh, yes, their defense is terrible. I'd rather... And yes, you might as well put a shooter tutor in net instead of a goalie. I think Montreal's right. defense score is better than Edmonton's. And I mean that with... Oh, I I think so too, but I didn't want to say it. Like, I, think I don't think... They've got to be real, man. They've got a couple of good pieces on the defense. I've always liked that Um I'm, I'm a big Bouchard guy. Not He's not great defensively, but he contributes big time on but the, the power play. the problem is you need defensemen that are good defensively. Exactly. It is still Warren Fogle, by the way. It is. Darnell. How close is Derek Ryan? Derek Ryan has a single assist in 11 games. So that's considered to be supposed to be one of the depth players on Edmonton. Yeah. And, that's I feel like and Dar- for fun, go look at Dylan Holloway's stats and tell me what he has in 11 games. Played. Connor I feel, Brown, I feel like zero points in nine games. Look at Dylan Holloway's. Zero points in 11. He was a first-round pick that was supposed to be all this... Well, Edmonton fans, they made him out to be this this amazing prospect. Matthias Janmark. Um, I, I just think like people like Darnell Nurse too. It's just like he was supposed to be the the next big thing, and he never was. Yeah. And now you're paying him whatever. It is, he's not that bad. Million. He's just he's being not asked bad, to do not, too much. He's also yeah. not worth what you're paying. Him. Yeah, he's being asked to do too much. He's being asked to. Be I thought the Ekholm ad last year before the playoffs would have been good for them, but he it was long term doesn't make sense. Six million for like three more no, years. No, that and was he's aging like, veteran. Yeah, he's like 35, 36. That was very much a move that they made where you looked at it and went, "They have to win now." That's what I thought too. Yeah. But again, I yeah, their team is not good, but I don't remember last year. It didn't, but which is maybe what, a bad thing. Too. What's what's changed is that, like I said, for I hate to repeat over and over, I'm sounding like a parrot at this point, but you're not getting the insane performances from 
Dreisaitl and McDavid. You're not getting again, the 150 yeah. points. I think they're the absolute last people to blame. McDavid and Dreisaitl, yeah. Well, you I agree. Blame. you got to blame the person who puts the teammates on the ice with them. And yeah, you know that, that I just think they've never... But I thought Hyman was better on that first line, which I think he's playing well, on. Well, he's line. a good player. He just isn't in a position either. Like, it's, it just doesn't fit. It's just not... Yeah. It's just not the skilled type of player that you need with, with that team. I think they need... They need a shooter. Know. They need a shooter. They need yeah. a, well, line A would be perfect. I would say team. line A or Sp- Nylander maybe. Yeah, but they have no cap room either, so they're just yeah, they're, they're stuck, toast. man. It's just the goalie situation. I think was the worst mistake they ever made, paying yeah. two goalies that much. Yeah, um, and you, you don't go. like. Thing in the NHL now is everybody wants a tandem, and everybody wants to split time better, but I think, in my opinion, it's got to go back to the ways of where it's like seventy thirty. I mean, split. Like, there's so many teams now. Like, it's Vegas, tough. it's working well. But there's Boston teams. works very well. But there's teams that try to do the 50 50 thing that the goalies aren't work strong out. enough. For, it do, yeah. That, and it doesn't work out. And it's like, obviously, if Edmund and they were both good and they were both in the high 900s for save percentage, yeah, of course, they'd be doing a lot better. But when they both struggle. And you only got, like, it's just tough layers. There's a lot of other teams where they got the starter for 70 games. They go on a slide. They put in the rookie. Hopefully the rookie does well or, or the younger guy does well. Or that savvy veteran does well that doesn't play a lot of games. These guys are flip-flopping game after game after game after game, and they're just, like, you can't get out of a rut like that. Yeah. Whereas teams, like, I don't know. I can't really think of one off the top of my head. I, I think of Carey Price and, like, Peter Budai. Back yeah. in the day, like Peter Budai would come in the games when Carey Price was tired, and he'd you know maybe win a game here and there, but give Price's rest, and then he'd be back. Whereas when they're both struggling, like Campbell and and Skinner are, you got nowhere to go. Yeah, I'll, you I'll got say, to go now. Yeah. until until you wa- in, yeah. wave him. I'll, like, I'll, wave Campbell. I'll, I'll say one more thing, and then I'll let you wrap it up, Clayton, or go further. For those that want to say, well, Jack Campbell had a nine twenty on the Leafs, and that's why we paid him five million over five years. Yeah, because the Leafs. And maybe not, I know they're struggling this year defensively, but the Leafs at that point knew how to play team defense. They had guys that helped out in their own zone. They had forwards that were willing to play down low. Why did Jack Campbell look so good? Because one, Leafs played great team defense. Two, the puck was always in the other end because they were a juggernaut offensively. I will say, too, Jack Campbell did play better. Like, he still faced a lot of shots. And I just think right now, you just the confidence is in the toilet. Yeah, it, well, exactly. If I but had, you are right. I think team defense is a huge thing, and Edmonton has anything but. I think. Well, they have the former Leafs decor. They have well, they don't have it anymore. But last year they had they had Barry and Cece. How did that work out for the Leafs? They ragged on them for years because they weren't good, and then you tried to recreate it, and mm-hmm. it didn't work once. Why would you think it would work yeah, again? And, I don't know. I just think there's things that they got to switch up. And as well. Um, Continuing on the goaltending thing for Edmonton, there's a rumor that came out that they're maybe looking at trading for Jor- Jordan Bennington. <laughs> I think this would be pretty funny. I think he'd have... Um, I, I don't like the move for Edmonton. He's already got a big contract. And it's I just, the worst thing you could do is got well, another guy with a big contract if, as a goalie. If you're going to go for a goalie, go for a guy that you know is elite, such as you say Saros. But I think they but, thought that Campbell would be that guy. They did, but... Campbell, Campbell wasn't an elite goalie either. Like he had on the, the one Leafs, year. yeah, he was. 
Was he? Yeah, he, only had, how, he was. How, a, he was leading the Vesna conversation like the first half of the okay. year. Though. Yeah, but it's only yeah. he only played there for what two years? One yeah, year? Only two years? I exactly. Guess. You got to get. I think Clayton makes sense. You got to get someone that's proven. No. for more than a year. And uh, that's why I think maybe go after Saros here instead of Bennington. Um, and I guess moving along here as well in the NHL segment, um, Tank Bowl tonight between Edmonton and San Jose. San Jose. If Edmonton loses, I think at that point there'll be there'll be firings straight up and there should be. Um shout out Rob on Long Island on uh NHL Network Radio under review who called in earlier this week and revealed the news of the Adam Fox injury. It's kind of funny that that's how the news of the injury got broken, but still it's kind of funny, I think. Um I guess this one will probably be a little bit of a discussion as well. Last end off the NHL segment. I am so sick and tired of hearing Senators players talking about the fans this week. Between Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux. Now, I'm not saying that they're bad players, but enough. As a group, that team has proven nothing these last two years. They have underachieved so much. And for them to go call out the fans that have stuck by him through the team being a dumpster fire through the last six years is a joke. Enough. Tell him. Tell him. Jeez. That Tell team, him. that team, like think of the collapse just in around 2018 to 19. So they made the Eastern Conference Finals against Pittsburgh. They completely collapsed the next year. There was a lot of off-ice drama that came out. And at that point, that team was the biggest joke in the NHL. And I know people will bring up the Sabres and Leafs, but at the time it was the Senators by far. I don't know what we're... <laughs> but anyways... Keep going, keep going. At the time, it was the Senators by far the biggest joke in the NHL. They gave away every star player. Now, they won the Eric Carlson trade, but still, franchise defenseman traded him away for rebuilding pieces. They traded away Mark Stone and got absolutely fleeced in that trade. Like, there's no positive from that trade looking back. Um, and so every single Sens fan, when they walk into the building, instead of the players trash-talking them, they should be, like, thanked every time they walk into the building. Like, I don't know what the Senators want out of their fans. Like, to clap every time that the other team scores a goal? Like, enough. These fans have stuck by your... And as well, the relocation rumors. I didn't even bring up that. I completely hopped over that. Um, for those fans to stick by the team through all the BS and now the players are going after them, give me a break. Give me a break. You guys have proven nothing. Is that... Very true. Any now, That was the most facts. angry I've ever heard Clayton yeah. in my entire life. You know what, yeah, though, he was that, up and in. It wasn't even his own team. That Honestly, that makes sense because... You bring up relocation. Immediately what I think of is the Oakland Athletics and how frustrating right. that situation yeah. is. I think it's just Ottawa's just, just a, mm-hmm. not a good town for hockey. And maybe not, but still. like, Well, hang on, hang on. They've had issues with the local... Sorry, I hate to... Yeah. Um, I hate to um, basically go against what you're saying here, but at the same time, too, the location of the arena is horrible in terms of the proximity to Ottawa. And now just recently, they've approved a new arena deal for it to be downtown. But Downtown in Ottawa is not a good place for a hockey team. Look at Quebec City. Look why the Nordiques aren't a team anymore. Yeah. There's not enough people. They already have another big market team in Ontario that's got way more fans than Ottawa does. I think, unfortunately, 
as much as it's a Canadian team, I think you need to really relocate. Where were there rumors about where they'd be relocating to, or was it? Just no, it was, it was it was just threats of relocation. Threats. Yeah, and I was like, just relocation in Ottawa or relocation as a team and hold into another city, like to another city. I think, honestly, not mad at it. I just think Ottawa is one of those cities that's not super big. First of all, it's not a major city. Um, it's not the mark. It's just not the market. You have the Maple Leafs. What an hour away. Yeah. I think like, I think they'd really regret leaving Ottawa. I think they would. But why? So where are you going now? You're going to go to Houston, which is. I like the idea of Houston, but I like it as an expansion, expansion idea yeah. because if you I move, think they need to at least move it back downtown. But the team's, fi- the team's fine in Ottawa. They're not, they're not the worst team in the NHL, which the NHL's fought tooth and nail for Arizona to stay in their location, which has failed several times no matter where they move the team in that area. And now they have been poorly run too, but at the same time as well, like they've been worse run than Ottawa. Like there's worse teams. I just... I, I think I really think they'd regret leaving Ottawa. I think they just can't be where they are. It's the worst spot for a hockey arena in the entire NHL. Where what others what others besides Mullet that is a temporary arena? Yeah. Where else in the NHL has a t- uh, arena that's like outside of the town by twenty minutes? And that's where where I'd be saying would be like they they need to move back to the city. Yes, that's what I had said was that oh, okay. like. That's, that's what I'm approved. saying. If not, then they gotta they so, gotta be gone. So just recently, they had approved a new arena project for downtown, and stopped the relocation rumors. But still, like for the owners to be threatened, that is to threaten it is weird. Yeah, yeah. that was what I was kind of mm-hmm. getting at. So oh, okay, yeah. Well, I still just think like the arena has to be moved, like pronto. And if it doesn't, I think I don't think Ottawa's. They're not a da- like. It's not like they're like a super historic hockey team. No, like I don't think it would be a big deal if they moved. And I think there's some other markets that could use a team. Maybe. True. I think mean, you could have a second LA team. I want to know your thoughts on this as well. On the Senators. Yeah. Oh man, I I just don't know. I think they're a good team. I me and Taylor talked about this today. I actually think they still have a chance to bounce back and make the playoffs. I do, I do too. I think they got I think so many doable. good players. They do. They're deep. And uh, I'm not saying that they aren't a good team. I'm just saying enough of the bad. How, how I fans. how I I think of them is yeah they're struggling. They got a much more well-rounded roster than the Edmonton does. They have yeah. a way better defense core, and maybe I'm biased because yeah. they have three North Dakota players on that uh just like just on there go hawks how, how 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 deep their defense is the goaltending is sufficeable it's solid yo what's up josh <laughs> and then uh yeah so i think i think they're not nearly in as bad of a situation as as edmonton is and i think that whole situation is a bit crazy that the fans are being targeted because i don't think yeah. they're playing that bad and i think that's kind of sad from an athlete standpoint that you're going to blame the fans over yourselves for having a poor start yep. when you have a team that's very good and I think could do very well in the playoffs. You got a lot of very good young players. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. It's just a tough situation. And, like, if you're losing fan interest now, like I said before, if it continues this way for the rest of the season, you don't know how many fans are returning next year with their season tickets. They'll go down the road to, to the Maple Leafs. Um, it's it's tough, right? Because you're mm-hmm. so, you're not a big market. It's basically most probably most of their fans are people that are from Ottawa. Yeah. So it's tough when you have an international 
based team in Toronto. Uh, well, the, everybody uh, who's highest, heard of hockey knows who the Toronto Yeah, Maple the highest, uh, what is it? They're worth the most in the NHL, the Leafs are, I think. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't oh, be surprised. Yeah. I would say I Montreal's just, right up there as well. just came out, I want to say. Although, yeah. that's what I mean. When you have, an, like, that big of a market just down the road from you and you're going to blame fans, not not good right. recipe for keeping your team mm-hmm. in the city. Yeah. Um, I think we can move on. We've kind of... Because that happened with the Nordiques, too. Yeah. Everybody went back to Canadians. Canadians been around forever. They're a way bigger market. They're like the Maple Leafs, a huge market, way more money. Yeah. So they just got rid of the one team in Quebec. I think we'll move on. Do we want to talk NFL or NBA? Um, I was I was or MLB to quick MLB yeah. just because you know maybe Truman has some thoughts. Uh, I just wanted to talk about MLB awards and who I think is going to win each one. I think most of them are pretty like unanimous, um, but there are a few where you could maybe have some arguments from each side. Uh, for the American League MVP, Shohei. That's kind of I don't think there's a debate there. Seager and Semyon both had very good seasons. And I think Semyon's been. I saw a lot of people making fun of Semyon for being a finalist in the MVP voting, but I just don't think people realize how good he was this season because he had such a bad start. Um, but, yeah, I think Shohei kind of runs away with that one. Same with Cy Young, Garrett Cole. Um, Sonny Gray, yeah. <laughs> Sonny Gray. Kevin Gosman had a fantastic season. I think Garrett Cole's is just better. Um, Rookie of the Year, Gunnar Henderson. I believe he was top 10 in the league like out of everybody in total war, so that's pretty impressive for a rookie. Um, yeah, he was ninth overall, 6.3 war. So, I mean, very good season from him. I think that's a pretty runaway pick, too. Um, manager of the year, really anyone here, Brandon Hyde, Kevin Cash, and Bruce Boshi are all the guys that were uh, listed as finalists, and I think any of them could. But I think specifically Brandon Hyde and uh, Bruce Boshi would be who I would pick because they've just turned their franchises around so fast. Um, but I think Brandon Hyde's going to win. The Orioles are just like a big success story. Going from such a bad team just two years ago and then obviously winning the AL East this year is huge. Uh, NL MVP, Ronald Acuna Jr. is who I have, and I think it's a lot closer than people um, would think it is. I think Mookie had a pretty good chance to do it. I just think the counting stats for Acuna with the 40-70 season really, it'll just put it away for him. Cy Young, Blake Snell, again, there just wasn't his competition wasn't anything crazy. I think he'll run away with that as well. Same thing with Rookie of the Year. Corbin Carroll had like could have probably been nominated for NL MVP. Realistically, he had a fantastic season. Um, and then Manager of the Year, it's NL Manager of the Year. I don't really care that much. I know Craig Council's a good manager for the Brewers, and he's nominated, and he hasn't won yet. So that's who I picked. Truman, do you have any? Uh, no, they're pretty straightforward. I will yeah. say, uh, when the voting came out for like top three, like the fact that Justin Steele and the Cubs is not a top three finalist yeah. blows my mind. Dude, it was so good. And if you want to say bad September or whatever, bad last month of the year, like, okay. But, like, I feel like the NL Cy Young is just so open this year. Like, Blake Snell is actually not that good of a winner. And it's so weird to say that he's going to have two Cy Youngs. Like, Mm -hmm. looking at the club of pitchers that he's going to be in, uh, it is crazy for, like, having – I mean, the season with the Rays was really good when he won it, but, Mm -hmm. like – this year I wasn't that impressed. There's just no real good option. I would say that Gosman or Gray would win the would NL if NL. they were there. Absolutely. I that's what I think. Uh I think so too. Other than that, I agree with all of them. Uh but I mean, yeah, the the Acuna thing I do think it's closer than yes. you think. And I'd throw Freddie Freeman in there too. Freddie, I think yes, he's right absolutely. on the door, but I I mean he's he's not gonna win it, so yeah. Yeah. It's just it's gonna be Acuna's forty seventy 
no one's done it before. He's going to win the MVP. I think that's like it's it should be a lot closer than it will be, but I just don't think I think Acuna's kind of going to run with it, run away with it. Um, the other thing, Gold Glove winners were announced. Blue Jays had three: Kiermaier, Chapman, and Barrios. All fine by me. Yankees had one: Anthony Volpe. Talked about him a little bit before the show. Uh, I think that's very deserved. However, Dalton Varsho not winning one in left field really just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think the main reason he didn't is because he had to split time between left and center. I think he had like 1,200 and some odd total innings, and it was like two-thirds and left and a third and center. So it was just split weirdly, and that like makes the vote split up because I don't think you can win it. Like I can't remember exactly how it works, but splitting time defensively between positions really hurts your odds to win um, a gold glove. I'm just going to list off some stats because I think he deserved it. Um, defensive run saved, 29. That led the league. I believe uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. was second with 27. Um, so obviously, huge number. The With uh, DRS or defensive run saved, generally if you're like between 15 and 20, you're like a very high-tier defender, and he had 29. Um, first in the American League of left fielders with a fielding value of 12. Quan only had 7 and was only second in the entirety of the MLB to Tyro Estrada, which I was a little confused when I first saw it because Tyro Estrada is an infielder, and then I realized that he played like 20 innings in left field, and that put him at the top. So if you have an innings uh, minimum requirement on there, then uh, Varsho's first in the league for left field with uh, 12 runs saved, or 12 total fielding value. Um, and then Defensive War, again, has Quan beat 2.8 for Varsho, which is second in the American League behind uh, Andres Jimenez, and then third behind Gabriel Moreno and Jimenez, obviously, in the entire league. And that's compared to Quan's 1.2, which would make him tied for 27th in the league. Um, but that's not to say I don't think Quan is a good defensive outfielder. Uh, he had a very good season. He had a lot more errors than a lot of other guys, but that's just because he also led the league in, like, putouts and innings played and left. So, again, uh, I think Varsho should have won it, but I can understand why Quan got it. I just, I was looking for anything really out of this season for the Blue Jays, so I'm fighting and scrapping for any positive thing I can come up with, especially when it comes to Dalton Varsho. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like most of the MLB awards, like we said, are kind of pretty straightforward, and, uh, yeah, gold glove, Dalton Varsho should have won, but it is what it is. <laughs> I do have one question. Do you think you wouldn't be as worried about it if Arizona hadn't made the World Series with those other two? Um, not really. I feel like a lot of the people who would make that argument about Arizona probably are looking at, like, Varsho's bat more than his glove. Um, and they see that, you know, Gurriel had these home runs, but he's just not a good defender in left field. And obvi obviously Moreno was super clutch in the playoffs and a great defender, like I said, led the league in war. Or defensive war, um, but yeah, I, like for me personally, it's not like I'm trying to justify the trade or anything. We'll still see how it pans out. Like at this point, obviously Moreno looks like a great talent, and Gurriel's been solid too. And you know, if if Varsho continues not to hit the ball, and yeah, it will look like a bad trade. But we're a year into it. We'll see what happens. Uh, this is like a down year from him compared to the years where he was in Arizona. So maybe he'll turn around. Maybe he won't. But. Um, I think he's just going to continue to play great defense in left field, and that's fine by me. Do we want to move on to NFL, NBA? 
Okay. Will, I feel like you haven't talked this entire yeah. episode. <laughs> Let's give you your NBA. I'm a podcast listener today. Okay. Like you're that. you're enjoying being yeah. here. Fly on the wall. I completely forgot you were here. Yeah, I was, I was slouched in my chair just chilling, honestly. He was listening to the high-quality dialogue we <clears> have <throat> on this show and just being amazed. It's true. So I, I, I would rate it five stars. I think I, we'll go uh, NBA here. Sure. Will, take it away. Uh, I mean, what is it? It's second week of NBA. It was a pretty eventful week. The standings are not exactly looking the way that I predicted them to be looking, but it's early on in the season. So early. There's like yeah. the Eastern Conference yesterday before the games yesterday. There was like from <clears throat> I think it was six to tw- eleven. We're all the same record. Which yeah. is kind of crazy to think about, it, but it's so early in the season, so it always plateaus. Yeah, like there's two They're, teams that are on top clearly right now and it's the nuggets which is not surprising not surprising and then the sixers which is a little bit surprising more because surprising. They more but i s- unfortunately as much as it sucks i not that surprising to me that they're in at least the top two yeah. the east but um but like there wasn't a team that was 500 in the eastern conference which is weird and now there's now there's four a bunch four yeah, yeah. Nets Knicks Raptors Heat yeah there were seven teams at three and four and I think yeah four of the seven won last night so it's pretty crazy to think about but um, speaking of win say, last speaking night, of one of those teams winning oh boy the Raptors looked good last night best game of the season so far oh, easily uh, Milwaukee was a good one Mickey Mouse win Clayton can you remind oh. me who the Raptors played in that win <laughs> fake news didn't happen <laughs> uh, they defeated uh, the Former Baller of the Week, inaugural Baller of the Week winner, Luka Doncic. Yeah, they did. Dethroned him. Armchair athlete's curse. It's <laughs> oh, back, baby. Oh, no. We shouldn't have brought this up. <laughs> um, I will say, not super convinced on the Mavericks. Why is that? They are, we talked about this earlier, I think they're just live and die by the three-point shot. If you can hit them. I know, but it's not. Grant Williams shooting 70% from the corner three to start the season is yeah. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think, yes, they have good three-point shooters, but again, there are better teams with better three-point shooters that have started off slow that I think can that can live by and die by the three more. But I just, the way that their team is ran, if they do shoot the three-pointer well, they could be NBA champions. If they do not shoot the three-point shot well, which is possible when you have people like Derek Jones Jr. in your starting lineup, who's not mm-hmm. a three-point shooter. Grant he Williams is though. He is bad. He no. was lights out yesterday. Again, but that's my point. Yeah. He's not going to stay like no, that. No, but same with Grant Williams, a good three-point shooter, a very good defender. Yeah, but he's not a sixty-five percent three-point shooter from the corner. No. And he's not a 45% three-point shooter overall. He's probably going to plateau at that 36-37 where everybody else does. And last night they shot, I think, what, 43s? Do you have that stat up? Uh, 41. Yeah. And where they hit, 25? 17. 17%. So, like, yeah. Pretty good. You would hope, but again, that's a tough ask to do that every night. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Raptors had, what, 70 points in the paint, 60 points in the paint? Oh, I don't know. That was a feasting in the paint. Oh, like, yeah, 72 yeah, to like, 40. <laughs> they yeah. spanked him in the paint. Obviously, I forgot that Derek Lively wasn't playing, but mm-hmm. again, I don't think Derek Lively's changing that much. He, uh, he's been like a pretty big piece for them. I think they still score at least 50 points in the paint. Oh, I don't disagree, yeah. Yeah, I just think he's not a proven shot blocker yet. Mm-hmm. He's a good center. 
again, I was surprised he even went as high as he did in the draft, considering he only played like five games at Duke, I think. Um, and he only averaged like four points a game. Wasn't yeah. a standout on that Duke team. Um, but I he just, is what this team needs. I was going to yes, say he is. If sure. he can mold into that, then yes, I will be a little bit more sold on them. But I think the Raptors just took him to town. Yeah, yeah I think without a guy like him uh, in the middle, the Raptors just have too much size. Mm-hmm. For exactly. And the there's Mavericks a lot of teams with. that have a, a solid center. Mm-hmm. and the, Especially in the West. And the yeah. Mavericks um, don't match up well against no. that, mm-hmm. even with Derek Lively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't mind watching them. I find they're an exciting team to watch yeah. when they are playing well. And Luka Doncic is a very, very fun player to watch. I just don't think I'm sold on the uh, way they play. No. Although, sorry, one more thing. Kyrie and Luka this year so far have looked a lot better. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I I would say, like, we joked about Luka being a fraudulent baller of the week or whatever. (laughs) He is not. He is literally unguardable. The Raptors have... Yeah, I was going to say watch your mouth. (laughs) The Raptors have everything size-wise to handle him, but they can't. But again, Literally, he just walks in the paint and scores. They didn't match up against him... They started in the first quarter with OG on him. Yeah. But then they were playing a lot of shooters. Yeah. And I, I don't I think don't that's think the play. That's the move. I'm just, I was just curious. I was looking at his stats and his specifically his three point percentage. He, there's nights like nine of 14 versus the Nets, six of 11 versus the Nuggets, and then two of 10 versus the Raptors, one of nine versus the Hornets, one the of Raptors, eight versus the Bulls. For the most part, did okay mm-hmm. against yeah. him. Because what do you have, but 25? He had 31, yeah. oh, but on 11 of 26 shooting. Oh, he had yeah. 31. Oh, that's a quiet 31. I didn't think he played as He got as a lot well. in the fourth. He's a lot of free throws, towards too. Towards garbage, not garbage time, but like. Yeah, well, we were in up hand. by 10 for yeah. a while. Um, anyways, I think they played very, very, very well. Empty points, fraudulent score. <laughs> but I, yeah, I just I don't know if I'm super convinced yet about no. the Mavericks I, being yeah. a contender. I think if you're in the West and you have to go through Nicole Jokic and the Nuggets. And you really don't have. Oh, to be fair, there really isn't anyone that can guard Jokic. But they really, really don't have anyone that can guard Jokic. It's going to be a problem. And I think it's going right. to be a live and die three when point it, shot. When it comes to the playoffs, I think you don't have anybody that can hang with them. And it's yeah, gonna be unless they make a move, maybe like where the deadline. That would be about the only chance I think they mm-hmm. have. Like they've gotten off to a good start this year. Where do you guys kind of see them in the conference now, as opposed to start of the year? I think we'll have them. Like, or as a play-in team almost at the start. Uh, I would right? say six or seven. I, I would say yeah. their ceiling is, like, five. I'd say and eight. I say they're probably going to finish seven, ten. I'd say ten. Ceiling? No, ceiling eight, floor ten. I had 10, them at 11. nine. Ceiling is a play-in team? Yeah. I could see them five. five I was going to say, my ceiling yeah. is five, my low is ten. The West is just big. so stacked. The West yeah. is And there's yeah. so many, t- like, the people I'm like Memphis who are, like, one and six, who I don't think are going to stay one and six. One and seven. Or one and seven. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're struggling. But I just think, like, there's teams like that that can make a rally. And Yeah. As Charles Barkley said about Memphis, them boys, them boys coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was another adjective mixed in there, but. Yeah. Um, I just think there's some teams that haven't showed up well, and there's teams like the Houston Rockets who I thought were just going to be god-awful this year, and they've yeah. actually been playing pretty good. Yeah, so above 500. That's all you can ask for. They honestly made some good moves in the offseason. Dylan Brooks looks great. Canadian not, not great, but he looks fine. I think he's moved on from the situation in um, Memphis, which had a lot of polarizing figures, a lot of gangsters, shall we say. <laughs> and I think... Uh, um, and then, uh, um, 
I lost my train of thought. Um, but I think now he's in a better role with some more veteran guys. Yeah. That he can be himself. Yeah. He's going to be held accountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I I said it earlier. I like the I like the fit of him in Houston. Yeah. I think he's he's fine there. Him and him and Fred Van Vliet carrying the Rockets to a championship this year. Shangoon. I'll play Shangoon many years. Oh, Shangoon is I sick. Think he is sick. I think another guy that's been playing quite well, and especially the last game, is Jalen Green. Yeah. And also, I think Jabari Smith will be good in a couple of years. Yeah. I'm not sold on him yet. I just think I like he's ridiculously athletic. Mm-hmm. And he's playing in a team right now with a bunch of people the same age as him. He that he might not get he's not a he's not a, as much of an option on offense yet but i think he could be one of those players that'll I be mean, really good he's in a couple of years shooting pretty good to start the season and he's not getting a ton of minutes but he's putting up decent numbers you know shooting 40 percent is a well 39 and a half that's good like about four attempts a game that's not terrible especially for a forward he's a big forward though but and I, I, I just mean. don't see him taking minutes from shangun or being a Higher option than Shangun, but Sh- no, but Shangun's a good passer, and I don't know. I don't think if he's the guy that's maybe like handling the ball, then I don't know. If, like if it's Smith at the four, Shangun at five. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's what I, I was like, saying. I like that. I don't think. I think that's fair. how they usually play when mm-hmm. he comes off the bench. Mm-hmm. But um, they've got lots of young talent. I yep. think that I I really like Jalen Green too. I think he's mm-hmm. super explosive, and he played really, really well against the Lakers yesterday. The other day, um, I wish they'd let Amen Thompson actually play. Yeah, see, like when you get someone like that who's like a fifth pick, and you're not playing him or giving him any time, either that either that means that your team is doing a lot better than you thought, so you're gonna just roll with what's going, or you're dumb, or you're dumb. <laughs> and I think the way that they've made so many top ten picks in the last whatever five six years, it's tough. Is another short, fast guard that you're adding to that lineup. Uh, and is who's who's where? Is it Asar's in Detroit? Yeah, yeah. Asar's the Asar's he's, he's he's the sucks one that's at shooting, but he's a really he good. Can, he he does everything else well. See, I think Detroit's doing a better job than Houston using their young guys. They're yeah. just letting him play in Detroit. Not Jaden Ivy though. Yeah. Oh, they hate I don't. Ivey I don't get that. I, I honestly think he's explosive. Killian uh, Hayes? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I think Jay Knight is getting disres- a little bit. He's got a wicked left hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides that, I would say they're doing a little bit better of a job. Yeah, developing I, their young guys. No, I agree. Jalen Duran looks. Jalen Duran is. I really yeah. like Jalen Duran. Cade Cunningham's, I think, going to be a a star in the yeah, league in a couple years. Like he'll be right up there, yeah. right up there. Obviously. He doesn't get the screen time as much as some other players because they're playing for Detroit. But I think he's very, very good. I really liked him when he played for Oklahoma State. Um, yeah, I think there's just something in him that he's going to Him and Paulo, I just find they're, they might be the two guys in like 10 years or five to 10 years that are going to be fighting against each other for mm-hmm. the best player in the league. Yeah. Well, they're one of the best players in the league. <laughs> yeah. There's some um, other guys up there too. I, but. I just think. All like, those other guys are going to Can we throw Anthony – like, is point. Anthony Edwards, like, I, too old for that conversation? No. I think he – dude, he was draft 2019. Yeah, like, are they not a year apart? Because he has or was to he be 20 Anthony Edwards is also really young. He only played one year. I think 
you could probably make the argument that Anthony Edwards is already getting there. So it's not like a discussion of is he going to be yeah, there. Like, I, I, think he's say, top, I think Anthony I think he's Edwards, a top twenty player personally. Yeah, I think Anthony Edwards is a tier above those guys. That's right. what I was yeah, going to say. Yeah. Dude's averaging twenty eight six and five against was, the it's, beginning of the season. That's what I was going to say. It's less of an argument is is Anthony Edwards going to get there and more like how there is he already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't have. Yeah, I just feel like people like Cade Cunningham and Paolo are both playing on very young teams and are looking very very good. Yeah. I wasn't sold on Paolo right away. Um, college, I just kind of found like he was another long shooter. But I like Jabari Smith better than I liked him, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I thought he should have been the number Whereas one. Whereas now Paolo's really blossomed as well. Mm-hmm. In a I, Magic team, that's looked quite good. I know we're talking young guys right now, and we maybe said a lot of pom-pom radio last episode, but Scotty Barnes is in the conversation for these young guys. He's I having a I think he's definitely – he's probably an all-star. I think so, too. He's, but does 20, he remain one as the main guy? Is that what you're saying? No, he like, doesn't. Like, does he remain an all-star? He doesn't oh. remain an all-star. He becomes a first-team all-NBA oh, player. MVP. It's not these MVP. Raptors fans, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Too bad somebody on the what Bulls about doesn't have one of those players. <laughs> Zach Levine, man? Baller. Listen, we have I have the stat written down here. Unfortunately, the Bulls are bad. They are. <laughs> um, we were talking, I think it was two episodes ago, maybe, Will, that you said that Zach Levine was kind of just like a shot chucker. Yeah. Um, which is like, fair enough, you know, because you're on the Bulls. I see that face, Truman. You like, can't tell me he's not a shot chucker. But he hits his shots. Like, that's the thing. Like, he's or a player. Or he doesn't. Versus the Raptors, I know you guys won, but he had like eight <laughs> points or something like that on like fourteen. Eight. What shots. is he aver- What is he averaging this year? Twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. So how can he be a shot chucker if he's averaged over twenty points a game since the year? What's, a, what's his efficiency? Because he's chucking shots. He that's makes nice. them, man. <laughs> what's his efficiency? I don't even see it. Efficiency: uh, forty two and a half from the field and thirty three from three. Not the worst. Three's a little low, but he's not. 42 I don't is, know why. He shoots a lot of threes, and I don't find him. A th- I f- still think of Zach Levine as more of a slasher. Myself. Well, he but is. He, he's just an all-round. But he's, pulls he's a lot of threes. Defense, he pulls a lot of threes. On 2K, he is a three-point specialist, though. Is he? Oh, boy. Dude, it's I true, but it's just like, NBA, like real life, it's just like, I don't know. That's just not who I depict Zach Levine. No, that's true. His I think his efficiency numbers are a little bit inflated by that 50-point game against the Pistons, too. He went 19-33. From the field and seven to thirteen from three, and then like thirty-three shots in a game is a lot. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> but if you can drop, but if he hits nine, if he hits game, nineteen, yeah. fair enough. If yeah. he hits six, then he looks yeah. bad. I was just, it's, it's funny that you were like, he's a shot chucker, and it doesn't result in winning. And then it was within like the next few days, he dropped fifty-one on the Pistons and lost. Mm. So. <laughs> Yep. Don't Which, disrespect my boy. I'm gonna, I was going to say, it's oh, like, I mean, if you're putting up 51, it's not on you. It's just that the rest of your team can't score. I think he was half of the team's points. Probably <laughs> over half of that, the team. That's what happens too, every game. He is the entire team. Because DeRozan has even played, like, DeRozan has not played well this year. Don't disrespect all. my goat. I love DeRozan <laughs> too, but he has not played well. Vucevic, that trade. Oh, dude. Oh, that, was that guy is we bad. Talk, we, we I was so that. excited when that trade happened. But we we did mention that. that. The horrible the, signing this offseason. Yes. yes, extending him was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Know. He's do not think, a starting center in the NBA. Truman, what do you think the direction of this team is? Nowhere. They're lost. Gonna, they need to. Well, at least you're at least you're not everybody. deluded. No, I. Good. The Bulls have been so bad for so long. Like <laughs> th- last year was the year to tank. You can yes. turn your franchise around in the snap you, of fingers. Did they draft like, this year? I I don't even know if they had their pick this year. Uh, they drafted Dallin Terry the year before. He's terrible. He's a bust. Patrick uh, Williams. Patrick before. Williams bust. 
Who wants uh, like two? I saw something. He wants like two hundred and fifty yeah, million. Kobe dollar White contract. bust. Kobe White. Uh, no, like no, he's Kobe a bust. Kobe White is okay. Just because oh, he has funky hair doesn't mean that. he's a bust. Like he's a bust, man. The Bulls have uh, not um, drafted a good player. They didn't have a first. They had the 59th yeah. pick this year. And, who and was they it? oh, I don't tell me. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm you know. I'm looking at. Uh, it's what is looking look, at his name and basketball reference. No, I'm looking at the at the thing here, and there's no player and no college listed. So I'm not entirely sure what Ooh. that means. <laughs> but, Maybe uh, I don't know who this is then. Well, neither does basketball reference. They drafted so. uh, Io DeSumo though, right? Oh, a what about Sonogo? Did, did they draft Sonogo? Um, no, Sonogo went back. No, Sonogo's. They don't on, have a pick listed. He's which? on the Bulls, man. I'm Adama weird. Sonogo out of UConn is on the Bulls. Oh, I, I thought he was going back this year. No, was that this year's pick? I, I don't know if he's a first-rounder, but he is on their team. I'm so confused because they don't Gallen even... Terry assigned to the Windy City Bulls, where he probably won't play either because he is terrible. <laughs> I'm just... I'm looking... It said they had a pick in 2023, the 59th pick, and then I'm looking at other Maybe places... Maybe they just traded it And they don't something. have it. Yeah, no. I'm seeing... Oh, it got taken away because they tampered in a tra- <laughs> in a in a signing. That's so In funny. signing DeRozan, they tampered, so it got taken away. Well, they tampered. I forgot funny. about that. They talked to him before... It had opened. Like, the Heat lost their pick when they did it with Kyle Lowry or something. But, yeah, like, the last time the Bulls drafted a legit player was a a legit first-round pick here was Jimmy Butler in 2011. Hey, he's pretty good, though. He is. (laughs) He was good. With the 30th overall pick since then. The last pick in the first round. They drafted Nurkic and Gary Harris, who they traded away. Bobby Portis, who never even got a chance to be a good player on the Bulls. And then they went Denzel Valentine, Justin Patton. Denzel Valentine, Michigan State, go. Wendell um. Carter, Chandler Hutchinson, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and Dallin Terry. Man, That's Wendell Carter's terrible. another player that they didn't let. Well, he's blossom. terrible. He's not but good. Da- yeah, he never. He was fine last year on the. Yeah, yeah but like he's not. Center. He's not what they were. For, yeah, no, he's a role player. He's they drafted him sixth overall yeah, for the, and took him ahead of Trey Young. So I, That's ridiculous. That's yeah. so funny. Imagine Trey Young on the Bulls. I would help. Good him pass and, first guy him for and a Zach shot Levine, Him and Zach Levine are putting up 75 shots a game. That's I was just going to say. Like, yeah, but I don't think it's – but I think Trey Young's shot checking is because besides he DeJounte Murray, there's not a great offensive scheme yeah. on that. Man. I'm, I'm taking Trey Young's shot checking over Zach been, I was going to say that that's because he has to. Yeah. More, than, more than Zach Levine does. But he hasn't been good this year, has he, Trey Young? Trey Young? Uh, I think he's been haven't, decent, but – Man, well, we I'm haven't heard of him, which isn't a good sign. Picks. Okay, I looked up his stats. 22 points a game, 33% from the field, and 27 from three. That's a real shot chucker right That's there. That's not yeah. good because Trey Young is a very good Now go good look at Cam Thomas. Usually. Oh, I have Cam Thomas pulled up because I wanted to talk about him too. <laughs> Fantasy oh, no, basketball legend. He's injured. He's out yeah, for he's two out weeks. For a couple oh, weeks. it's terrible. Either way, I say, I like what you said, Will, I think – Trey Young shot chucking is a lot more deserved because besides yeah. Dejounte Murray, they're not very offensive minded. Well, who else? Do the, but so is um, Zach Levine's because who else do the Bulls have? Demar Derozan. Derozan. But Kuzma. Kuzma. Yeah, that's true. Kuzma's not on the Bulls. Kuzma. Kuzma. Sorry, Caruso. I meant. Caruso. Caruso. Yeah, 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 Caruso is actually good. I I don't. I like Caruso. Caruso. Yeah. But just um, the guys the Bulls could have took. Like I just, it's so I, bad. Not taking Trey Young is a bit yeah. tough. And then. I mean, they passed on Vassal, Halliburton, and Anyeke, Halliburton's another one. And Anyeke Okongwu to take Patrick Williams, and in my opinion, Anyeke Okongwu is very might good. be the most underrated player in the NBA. Go look at what he's doing this year. He's actually been pretty good. Uh, good. Yeah, I think he should so be a starting bad, center over Clint 
for sure. Mm-hmm. But they're just so bad. Like uh, I, they're they're never gonna be good. Uh, I don't know. They're just not good. It's never too early to look at NBA Tankathon. True. You currently have the sixth overall pick. Brought like he's got number one. Be higher Memphis? than that. Just number one is Memphis, point, which That's, they won't stay. I think they would have had to blow it up last year and not have re-signed um, Vucevic because they could have traded Zach Levine to somebody. Someone will take Zach Levine, absolutely. Definitely. Oh, and he's a good player. It's just he shot trucks a lot. Someone will take DeRozan too, I'm that's sure. That's what I was say. Even with the contract. Like, we'll take on a big contract that someone doesn't want. Yes. But And they just need – they like you said, they don't have a direction. They had to commit to something. And they didn't really make, like, a big move to get a good player. Oh, they did make a big move to get a good player. They re-signed Vucevic, and that was their big move. <laughs> Which, so well, they didn't make it. Big, I was gonna uh, say they didn't make one player. at all. So they were, they saw it last season and were like, "Yeah, run it back. Let's do it again." And I think just about anybody could have said, "No, don't do that. You got to make a change somewhere, whether it's bringing someone else in or shipping everybody." But we out. beat the Raptors in the play-in. We're a contender, dude. Like, it's just terrible. You guys have our number. We do. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah you really do. Yeah. I think I tag Will every time there's a post. It's like Philadelphia. Philadelphia. We cannot beat Philadelphia. Besides when we won the championship, I swear. The only time it mattered. None of yeah, No, I, I'm not saying that wasn't good. I'm no just sense. saying wow, recently, oh, we cannot beat the True. 76ers to True. save our lives. Do we want to, speaking of the 76ers, Will, do you want to get into our next? Yes. Our second baller of the week. Second segment. baller of the week goes to the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid. Broad. This Ooh. week he played four games. He won four games. He averaged 32.8 points per game, 11.3 rebounds, five assists, nearly two blocks, and he shot 51% from the field, 36% from three. Those are good numbers. He's pretty good. Those are solid numbers. He also had a 48-point game uh, in which, yeah, 48 points. I was going to say, unfortunately – have to throw up an asterisk next to that Washington game because it was Washington. <laughs> it was still a good game, though. I can't, I can't deny it. He put up some great yeah. numbers, but they've been winning. They've looked, yeah. they look good. As much as yeah. it makes me really sad, they Ty- look good. Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey's a, a dog. Player. Yeah, yeah. I would good. say he's a very underrated player too. I think he's right in that category of underrated. I think very good NBA he's players. very quickly getting recognition more yeah. than he was before. Oh, I think I he's going to be an all-star last, last year. playoffs, he kind of got recognized. Yeah. I think before that, he would have been underrated. Although but. we've talked about it, there are so many good point guards in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It is so hard to get in as a point guard. Probably, yeah. uh, this might be wild, This I think it's probably the hardest position to make become an all-star in. Yeah. 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 Well, Definitely. when you've had Steph Curry at the top for forever, yeah. and you have Steph Curry. Top. Chris yeah. Paul's He's been there 15 times. Uh, he might be my James okay, Harden, honestly. Russell Westbrook. James Harden, Russell Westbrook. You got, and that's just the West. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got De'Aaron Fox. You got Tyrese Halliburton. You got like yeah. there's so many of Anthony Edwards. Yeah, and yeah. then. You know, you have, like, point Scotty Barnes, who's going to be the best point guard in the league for the next At least Scotty Barnes can go in as a power forward, and he has a better chance. If oh, he yeah. did play point guard, might be tough. Are they still doing positions? I thought they were moving. I well, I know they changed the format that, back but. to east versus west. Okay. Which is cool, yeah. I think. Um, I think they – did they not change the format where it's not positions anymore? At uh, least for, I uh, think for all NBA. NBA it's not yeah. – it's – Okay. I don't think for all stars positions anymore either. Because I know, but that I was... think they just changed it back to East versus West, and it's not like Team Giannis. Versus well, I guess Giannis. they didn't do positions; they did front court, back court. Yes. Which, so. Yes. Yeah. Um, what What I'm saying is like it is so hard to become an all star as a point guard, yeah, or mm-hmm. shooting guard in the NBA. 
with how many good ones there are. Yes. Like, there's going to be guys that get snubbed. Devin Booker mm-hmm. has been snubbed a yeah. few times. Um, Brad Beal. I mean, Bradley I'm, Beal. I'm looking at, playing. like, the Eastern Conference right now, mm-hmm. and I think every team could have a guard in the All-Star team. Going it's from bottom ridiculous. to top, Let's, Pistons, Cade, Hornets, well, LaMelo, oh, yeah. Wizards. <laughs> Skip the Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> they don't count. Bulls, Levine. Cavs, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Garland. Garland's too, yeah. having a slow year. But Garland but he, was but an all-star Garland. last year. Last year, yeah. Heat, uh, Tyler Hero. Yeah, Tyler Hero. You could maybe put Jimmy Butler as a as a guard. He was a shooter. Uh, I just don't. Chicago. I don't see Tyler Hero as an all-star. I think he's I injured he's for a couple weeks. Stats, he just yeah, yeah. He just Tyler Hero. Yeah, he does have good stats this year so far. Raptors, I guess, don't have a guard. Guard, although Scotty. Plays the point sometimes. Point, Scotty. Uh, Knicks, Jalen Brunson, Nets. I mean, Cam Thomas right now. Yeah, true. Uh, Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. Magic. Uh, Franz Wagner. Ah. Uh, you don't no, think so? Are we considering him all-star. a guard? Same thing with Mikhail Bridges. I don't think stats-wise he's an all-star. Okay. What about Cole Anthony? Um, As an all-star? Yeah, what about Jalen Suggs? <laughs> Jalen Suggs. Thank God we never drafted Bro, him. Seriously. I thought he – you know, you guys know I was on the Jalen Suggs hype. I honestly I thought like he was going to be really good, too. I know I why you were on I the can't Jalen lie. Suggs hype. Yeah, yeah his girlfriend. Um, <laughs> shout, <laughs> shout out to HBO. Um, uh, anyways, Hawks, uh, DeJounte Murray, and Trey Young. Pacers, Halliburton, Celtics. Uh, Benedict Matherin could be in there for the Pacers potentially. Yeah, true. In a couple yeah. years. Jalen Brown would be a shooting guard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah, shooting guard small forward. Would he put? I don't think or, Drew's having an All Star season. No, I think uh, he's a very good role player, and yeah. I think he accepts his role. But I don't think he's an All Star. Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, Sixers, not, 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 not this year. I don't think he will be. No, he's only hasn't he only Dennis been an All Star like twice. Yeah, that's good year. true. Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder's having a good he's year. Like he's a dog, game. man. He's a dog. Yeah, I just. And the all think of every single player we've mentioned. There's going to be guys there yeah. that are in the 25 plus average. I don't. Yeah. Think I know. We just got to throw him in though. Give him his rec. Absolutely. I think D Wade made an All Star game with like ni- averaging 19 a game one year. Well, I think. When so. was that? Uh, it, before the three point shot was like. I want to say it was with the Bulls. Okay. Potentially. But that's also a charity. No, not Zaza not Pachulia quite. was an well, all-star. Yeah, in well, that's just because all the every time there's a Same Warriors with, uh, player that's up. Who was the guy last year that was like, oh my god, Wiggins? Kevon Looney? Kevon Looney. Like, oh, Wiggins, yeah. what is Wiggins going is good, on? Though. Wiggins is good, but every time there's a there's a Warriors guy that's like shouldn't be there, the Warriors fans just vote him in anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Steph Curry, I unfortunately, as much as this is sad to say, I don't know if Clay Thompson is an all-star anymore. No. He's not. I thought you were going to say Steph Curry is, and I feel no, like he is my, currently my MVP. No, yeah, did you guys so. watch the Warriors game last night? Did you see the ending of it? No, no. was it? Uh, so War- Warriors, muffled, yeah, all like, oh, like the catch, tough, and like before that, like it's not shown as less, but Steph missed like kind of a wide open floater. Bum. Uh, mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah, bum, yeah. <laughs> Guys uh, can't hate on him. No, <laughs> so no, 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 not a bum at all. He did have a down night though. The Clay Thompson potential game winner was hilarious. That was such a okay. tough shot to hit though, because even yeah. if he catches that clean, that's off one foot while um, you're running full speed. But the fact that it got halfway to the basket was just so funny. Um, well, he like bobbled it. Yeah, like he didn't get it full clear. I just as much as Clay Thompson is one of my favorite players in NBA history, I would say. Um, I just think his time is kind of up. For being he's still a good shooter though. Oh, oh, he's yeah, still he's the second best shooter of all time. Yeah. yeah. No, no cappuccino. 
Jeez. Uh, <laughs> one but, out of Clayton's book over there. Yeah, but... Um, what? <laughs> uh, but um, I just think his production is slowly dropping. He's more of a role player than can, a star now. I don't mean he, to... I, I will still say that he can easily make a, a very good contested game-winning shot, but... <clears throat> There's a certain playoff game too. You, you might just cook up. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm um, just saying, like, I don't know. Game six. Okay. I don't. I don't mean to derail the conversation, but I think we're getting close to the point where we're going to have to oh, leave, and we still haven't talked about the NFL yet. However, sorry. Last, no, it's okay because it was a good conversation. However, the last thing I wanted to bring up with the NBA is just uh, Julius Randle, because <laughs> man, we were discussing the name of what an award would be because we have Baller of the oh, Week, yeah. obviously. And trying to pick like the worst player of the week, and you could just name it like the Julius Randall Award at this point because <laughs> he played okay last night. I think he's he's, he's been looking better. However, I was gonna say we had that conversation, and then he's been okay. But he's been he's been okay. Okay is a very good way to describe it because to start the season, and this was five days ago that this stat came out. Um, in terms of like worst shooting starts to a season, and it, it's with a field goal minimum, obviously. Um, if it's with 75 field goal attempts, uh, he is at 27.6%, uh, and the lowest that's the lowest since uh, 2000. And then if it's with a minimum of 90 field goal attempts, it's the lowest since 1959. He's so putting up historical numbers. He is putting up historical numbers. You can't deny it. I think he shot like 10 for 17 the other day, though. So it's he had gonna, 23 points last night. It's gonna. Um, it's gonna. As much as I'm not a big Julius Randle guy. I, he's not a bad player. Yeah. I think he's he, just he's just struggling to yeah. start. He yeah he's his last two games have been a, like sig- pretty significantly better. Not great by like overall standards, but significantly better than the start he had. And to this point, I say that, and this now makes it sound even worse because he's still only shooting thirty one percent overall and twenty five from three. So even with his two better nights, it's still not. It was just great. really really bad. It that has been. He's got to climb back up. What did you say though, Terrell? There's not enough hating in the NBA. <laughs> there's not yeah, there's not enough like official NBA sanctioned hating. And I, honestly, this is for all sports. I need worst player awards every uh, year. Theo Maladon, according to this website, is the worst NBA player. <laughs> Congratulations. So, Theo, Theo Maladon, you are a champion. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, I think we just we need like least improved players, like worst playoff. Imagine you you get all suited up. And then oh, you yeah. go to the NBA awards, and they and don't tell you. And then you win that award, and you're just like, and you uh, have to accept. Well, it. there's the Shaq and a fool MVP. Oh, that's true. But that's not a so NBA sanctioned award, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Shaq goes out there. Number one, JaVale McGee. <laughs> but yeah, that's really all I wanted to say is just that Julius, like, historical bad start to the season from yeah. Julius Randall. And as we were talking about the how okay, it would kind of be funny to have like a reverse baller of the week segment. If we did have that, Julius Randle would have won for the first <laughs> little bit of the season here. Congrats. So congratulations to Julius Randle. Yeah. NFL? NFL. All right. I'll, I'll start out with picks. So, last week, Locke had the Saints over the Bears. It was a close game, but overall, it still happened. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's, what, that's, that's what matters. matters. That's what matters. Um, upset Jets over Chargers. That didn't hit. That doesn't matter. <laughs> that that game should have been better. Doesn't count. No, that it was, doesn't count. I yeah, Jets offense surprise surprise just wasn't great. S- yeah, sad. Um, sad really. Game of the week. I had Chiefs Dolphins. Got close at the end, yeah. but uh, wasn't fantastic. It was kind of a blowout at parts that game, right? There was yeah. Offense wasn't 
beautiful. There no. definitely was a better game this week, you, but we can get to that You later. guys had me all hyped up last week when we were mentioning, like, Rams versus Chiefs, like, from yeah, a few years true. ago and the potential for happen. that to be. But just... Didn't happen. No. So my expectations were blown way out of the water. <laughs> um, Going to try and find this week's picks here for a second. Uh, one sec. There we go. Got it. This week's picks got my lock. Got the Bills over the Broncos. Kind of self-explanatory. Well, yeah. Buffalo's not played as great as some people would have thought. They've been the weirdly hot and cold. They yeah, they really have weird. been. Like they're either blowing teams out of the water or they're like, losing to. Josh Allen is looking like unbelievable, or he's losing to the and Patriots. The, yeah, <laughs> the Matt Milano injury and the Trey White injury were both big losses, and I think that's a huge part of why they're looking so hot and cold is because Matt Milano's like to anchor that yeah. defense, and to lose him is like a huge deal. Yeah, and as well, they're on prime time once again this week. I think they're going to bounce back after the Bengals' loss yep. this past week. Upset, I've got the Jags over the 49ers, and there wasn't many upsets to pick from, Yeah. which I think it's a bit bold here to pick against the Niners, but here's why I think the Jags will do it is because... I go ahead. I have something to contradict you. I want you to say what you got to say first. I was just going to say 49ers weren't looking great before their bye. Yeah. They their offense looked kind of a bit lost. Like CMC is still great. Um I believe he's going f- to break the NFL record this week for most consecutive games with a touchdown. I believe that, it's 18. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Um but here's the thing is that the Jags have been pretty good to start off the mm-hmm. year. Now they've lost some games that they probably should have won. Yep. But I just think that I think that they're gonna pull it off. I really do. I just I wanna I wanna say this and you can after uh, yeah. you are falling for the Jags trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I specifically said I'm not picking them for anything anymore because every time I pick them, the exact opposite thing happens and it never works. My thing is they've struggled against good defenses this year. As much as they beat the Steelers, we've talked about the Steelers offense enough on this channel. Yeah. Um, this podcast. Um, that that's but I think they struggle against defense. We stopped them in the first quarter three times inside the five-yard line. Trevor Lawrence had like some. He had had that one really bad pick that game. Yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is, I think when they come up when he comes up against good defenses, he shows his weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's the one shaky thing. Shaky thing I think for and, that pick. Um. Chase Young debut. Chase Young mm-hmm. debut. Yeah. Hugo Samuel is back. Ooh. Listen, this is all we're saying is this is going to make your underdog pick look even better when it happens. <laughs> Clayton, you're wrong. <laughs> I guess um, I said teams that they should have beat. Um, the two teams that they've lost to, the only one that they should have beat was Houston. Houston? They shouldn't have beaten Kansas and City. To be so. fair, Houston and C.J. Stroud have looked great so far. So. Yeah. Um, um, and then it's okay if I give yep. my game of the week pick here as well. Game of the week, I have Cincinnati and Houston. I think it's going to be an exciting game between – a very young up-and-coming quarterback that's looking like he potential offensive rookie of the year candidate in C.J. Stroud, who's been awesome for the Texans. It's I can't remember if it was this past week or the week before where he had 470. That was this, this week. week. Yeah. yeah, it was absolutely I was watching nuts. the end of the game, and I was like, who is this guy? He Four, was gunslinging. 470 yeah. passing yards. I s- and then, sorry, uh, I just want to finish off yeah, yeah. my talk here. Um Cincinnati, they've been hot, mm-hmm. and it's good to see them kind of get back into the rhythm. Jumbo Joes looked a lot better. They look like the team that they have for the last two seasons that we've expected out of them. So yep. um, I think it's going to be a great uh, duel between 
two very good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. This is this is the one thing I wanted to say about the Texans is I saw their injury report versus Cincinnati, and I want you to just look at this. I know Nico Collins is questioned. Look at how fine the print is on that. Yeah. There's there's at least twenty players on their injury. It's like report. that meme where the guy has to look, go look like and that. squint. It yeah. is if you if you are at home and you want to look up the Texans injury report, uh, there's like twenty twenty five players on there, and a lot of them are like starters on their team. So hey, CJ Stroud is in there. That's true. Hey, Nico he throws Collins. like Aaron Rodgers. You guys have never heard me say that about a quarterback, other than maybe Herbert. <laughs> his his release. Okay, we're not starting with those <laughs> sorry, narratives, sorry, but he sorry, is sorry, garbage, so <laughs> we're going to leave we'll it at that. He's garbage. It, yeah. But, no, like, his, his release oh, his is release actually is so that. Tank, Tank Dell is good. I, know. I really like Tank, Tank Dell. Oh, it's it's so fun to watch. Dalton Schultz had a big week for yeah. him as Dalton well. Dalton Schultz was very good as well. They had three guys with a touchdown and over 100 yards receiving last well, week. Well, when you throw five Collins. tennies and almost 500 yards. Yeah, it's true. But it's kind it of is, still crazy it to think That was college numbers. Yeah. Um, I think we should probably just keep. Yeah, yeah we only have like twenty here. minutes. Okay, here. so uh, I'll go next. Yep. Um, my last week's pick, I went zero for three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will, I had faith in the Patriots. They did not repay that Why? faith. Um, Sam Howell looked good, unfortunately. My underdog, I had Dolphins over Chiefs. Dolphins did not look good. Um, my game of the week, uh, Seahawks versus Ravens. Uh, weirdly, that game was postponed. I don't know what happened there. They didn't end up playing, so that was mm. <laughs> weather a bit strange. Uh, this week. Um, oh, I have two here. I was confused for a second. Lock, Cowboys over Giants. Very self-explanatory. Um, try and name me the Giants starting quarterback if you don't already Danny know Danny DeVito? Name. <laughs> well, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> might as well be. He might be point. better, honestly. Yeah. It's Donnie. What is his name? Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. DeVito. Mr. Oh, I TD. wasn't that far off. No, you weren't. The bagel man. <laughs> uh, underdog, I have Titans over Bucks. They're just like Clayton said. There weren't a lot of good picks this week. And then game of the week, Ravens versus Browns. Ravens look great. Uh, Browns defense looks great. AFC North matchup. Okay, mine. Uh, I think I went two for two. If I don't, if I'm not mistaken, game of the week: Dolphins, Chiefs. Got up early for that game. Eh. Um, upset of the week: I had Vikings over the Falcons. Joshua Dobbs. Josh. Dobbs. Oh we my can talk about that, after. that. Yeah, we will talk yeah, about it at we'll the get, end because we'll that was it. a. Give me emotional. <laughs> Seriously. Um. Uh. My lock was the Rams over Packers, and that hit right. No. I don't know. No. Packers won. Did they? They pa- did. Yeah. yeah, they beat the Rams. That was a twenty to awful three. Awful game. Terrible. Yeah, that was twenty to three. Twenty to three. I turned it oh, off. Oh, that was the game won. that uh, what's his name was starting Ripken or whatever. Yeah, because they've Ripken. Well, they. Oh, they I didn't signed, even think about that. They signed Carson Wentz, so it's all turned around this season. Well, for the Rams. that I only went one of two. Never mind. I forgot. Honestly, I didn't watch the game. Yeah, yeah. D- sorry. Five hundred. The Packers. Fine, Neither really. did anyone else. You. Yeah. <laughs> um. This week. Hold on. Um. This week I picked um, my lock. Fortunately for C.J. Stroud, I just think the Bengals are on a roll. Yeah. I think it's the Bengals. That's fair. Um, I, I Although I won't be mad if C.J. Stroud has another good game. Absolutely not. Um, my underdog, uh, I had to look this up because there's just so many. I, I don't know why, but I picked the Jets over the Raiders. I just... The Raiders aren't that great. That's although a primetime game, too, by the although, way. Although, oh, yeah, sad. Um, although Max Crosby has looked ridiculous on oh, the yeah. defense this year. Well, yes. This I, past week without McDaniels, they blew the other team. They, well, they were smoking cigars blew, after the game. The boys blew. were buzzing. I will say that was a good move hiring that guy. He's The three press conferences he's done, he has not said one he's, wrong. He's thing. a Raider. I was going to uh, – two things. Maybe not even just hiring the right guy, just making sure it wasn't Josh McDaniels. <laughs> 
and that's it. And then also, it was they didn't beat the other team. They beat the New York Giants led by Tommy DeVito, which is you can again put an asterisk I, on that. I, but again, I, I, I forgot just think, which team they're playing. Although yeah, I just fair. think like everything that the coaches said, whatever his name is, I can't remember. Is Antonio Pierce. Pierce. Yes. Antonio Pierce. He is very well spoken, and I think he's hit the nail on the head with everything he's done. He, he, dressing the practice players and all that stuff. Yeah, that's pretty sick. He's, that is pretty cool. He. He's a Raider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jets over Raiders, unfortunately. Now that I'm thinking about it, and I mean, they had the O'Connell guy play, and he looked decent. Mm-hmm. Um, with no Jimmy G. But I, I don't know. The whole Devontae Adams thing is rough. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. But I, I just I don't know. They, they, they are prone to. Um, and then my uh, game of the week is uh, Jags 49ers. Just could be a yeah. good game. Yep. The one thing I wanted to say about Antonio Pierce, and I kind of found this interesting, is he was dismissed from ASU because they had like a bunch of different um, like recruiting scandals at the school. Is that was that the, that was the Reggie Bush era? Was no, it no, no. This was like recently, like a year ago, I think. Oh. Um, and honestly, I mean, hey, you know, you get dismissed from ASU, you had head coach of the Raiders. They had that in all departments, didn't they? It was. Yeah, I think they it like was cleared more, house. They, it was crazy. They cleared house on that mm. one. Um, but yeah, Will, if you want to do your picks, yeah. Last week I uh, was uh, one loss, one one dub. I had my or not my. I had the Saints over the Bears for my lock. That hits. Oh, I think that was pretty easy to call. And my upset was Bucks over Texans. Not even mad about it. That was hey, a yeah. good game. That was a ve- that was a game of yeah. the week. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Baker has looked very good. I, I would say too. I. Can't help but support Baker. Me neither. I just, I, I just want him to succeed. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. I like walking, watching his little run. He yeah. runs so weird. Him and Sam Howell. <laughs> I love watching Sam Howell that's run. True. No, that's but true. he's actually had a good. Like I thought that was gonna be. This was gonna be a rough year for the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, they're not great, but um, Baker has looked serviceable. I saw a stat that showed like the first. I don't know how long Baker's been in the league. Like eight years or something. Six, oh, five. I want to five he, no, he's been less than that. Has he? Or five or six, maybe. Yeah, Whatever. Right? Uh, up oh. until this point, him and Tom Brady's stats through ever how many years are, like, identical. Yeah, that's crazy. I think so that you, future Minus volumes. the Super Bowl. You heard future it here goat. first, folks. Baker Mayfield is as good as Tom Brady. I agree. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we can get into that. My, game of, the week was, my game of the week was Bengals-Bills. I actually didn't watch it. I don't know if you guys did. <laughs> it was uh, close. It was, it was good. It was pretty good, yeah. Okay. It was pretty good. Uh, and this week I have, for the lock, Cowboys over the Giants. Not even going to talk about it. <laughs> My upset, Cardinal, Cardinals over Falcons. I don't The return it. of Kyler Murray mm, is this I didn't week. I think about that I'm excited. I'm That's actually excited to watch this game. Mm-hmm. I think it could be fun. Um, and my game of the week is texans Bengals. Fair enough. Truman? If we see another 400-yard game from C.J. Stroud, he probably will be the most exciting player he's in the not, NFL. He's watch. not putting up 400. Yeah. He's putting up 500. Sheesh. Oh, heard it here first. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to, as quick as I possibly can, push a couple narratives. My oh, game of the week is the Panthers and the Bears, which happens tonight. I'm not saying this is a joke. <laughs> this game could dictate who potentially gets the pick. Or no, wait, what the hell? No, no, am I no, talking about? There's another pick, Panthers, man. Yeah. Bro. I just but, threw up in my mouth But when also, said that. Th- now that I think about it, it still is my game of the week because do the Bears really want to win this game? Like, does think it, about but it. But Truman, it the reason matter. why it we do it as a game of the week is means it's going to be a good game to watch. It is going to be because they're the same skill level. I think, okay, 
it doesn't matter whether they win or lose because That's they're probably going to hold the first two picks regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, however, DJ Moore revenge game. I, right I could see DJ Moore popping off. There's narratives in I could see DJ Moore popping off, and that would be pretty cool. But it's because they're on such the same like level. The only other game that I would put maybe in the same category would be the Niners and Jags, but I feel like... I, I don't know. I feel like the Jags are kind of going to win that one. As uh, someone who got laughed at earlier this year for picking Patriots-Raiders as a potential game of the week, I'm not going to laugh at Truman. No, because, okay, <laughs> game of the week, yes, it could be just the two best teams playing. However, I do agree. It should just – it's either, like, the funniest game. I was going to say funniest yeah. game of the week makes more sense. Yeah. And that, and that can be the argument, I think. Okay. My upset of the week – uh, I'm going to keep pushing the Justin Herbert narrative. I'm taking the Chargers over the Lions. I think the Chargers got something last week, uh, even though they played the Jets. Confidence <laughs> is a huge thing. And I'm, there's some things about the Lions' defense that we saw what happened against the Ravens. I, oh. I think if the Chargers get hot on offense, they could do the same thing. And yeah. they have so many weapons that I, I'm going to take the Chargers. Uh, and my lock of the week is, I, I don't know if you can call this interesting or not, I'm gonna take the titans and the reason i say that is because i think will levis i I was not a will levis fan coming out of the draft i thought he was a third fourth round pick he has absolutely cooked i get they lost last week but i i just think there's something with him i don't look good on that final drive it didn't lead to anything but that's a huge thing to bank off of so i think i think he got pressured a lot more in the steelers game than he did yeah Yeah. tj Watt. yeah and so yeah Coming into your second game, having to play against one of the best edge rushers in the NFL, if not all time, in my uh, opinion. Um, uh, When when you're rushed way more, you don't get that chance to throw downfield as much. Yes. And he looked really good throwing downfield, and he's got a great arm. Yes. But he came up against a defense that's made him scramble, and and he got hit a lot. And he... That was that's kind of what I was thinking. Is that first game where he was like lighting it up and he looked really good? He had so much time in the pocket. Who was that against? Oh, Falcons? It was no. It was somebody who was really bad, wasn't it? Was it the Falcons? Might have been the Falcons. Might have been. Uh, Either way, it doesn't matter. It wasn't as good as the defense as the Steelers. So that's my point. No, but I know exactly what you mean because in that Falcons game, a lot of his touchdowns were like he was standing in the pocket for like five seconds, and he doesn't. He's literally waiting for DeAndre Hopkins to finally make his final move, and then and he does have like the cannon for an arm, so he can't do that, and. He would like hit like a shoulder shimmy and like a pump fake and still have time to throw and still get the ball down the field. So yeah, he does have a cannon for an arm, but you're absolutely right. When he was under pressure, he just didn't. Yeah, look and I just don't think I honestly, and I know that the Bucks have some weapons. I mean, Shaq Barrett and those boys, but I, I think that there's a chance that he'll be able to so get those. There's throws always off, a so. chance. Will Levis legacy game incoming. It is, and I'm not a Will Levis guy, and I don't know, but. I, I would, say, like he's I would say the Bucks secondary isn't that great either. It, it, so. Other than Winfield, I don't see any names in there. I think Antoine's really. injured too. Ryan Neal. He's back now. I think. Seattle oh, legend. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like I just feel like against a really, really good defense, he struggled. And again, the Steelers' offense is so bad that the game looked a lot closer than it probably was. Yeah. But um, I just think he he was rushed a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so if we want to... it's Hey, that's the point of yeah. it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, to make outrageous calls. We want to talk about some of the things that happened this week. Obviously, the biggest one we kind of already mentioned it is the Raiders cleared house. And then um, we had, I mean, the bounce back game. And listen, interim head coaches week after the coach gets fired, that's like 100% hit rate. Think about the Raiders that have done that. They did that. Yeah, they've done it twice now. They had, who was the guy that was the, the Sachia? 
I oh, like him. Good. Whatever happened to him? He became the Packers special teams coordinator. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. So you poached him. Um, we did. He, was, he won his first game. Didn't good Gruden win his first game? Uh, wasn't he an intern? Wasn't he? In, I think he was an intern technically. No, Gruden got like a big contract. Yeah, he got some massive. Uh, it was like was a, a ten-year. Yeah, it was like I'm a ten-year deal. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> Are they? They're still paying him. They have. Yeah. Oh yeah, McDaniel's. He was like two years into a six-year contract. No, but but Gruden, Gruden as well. Gruden. Oh, Are sorry, they paying? Yeah, yeah. There's a. There might be a chance that they're paying three coaches. Right <laughs> they're a backlog of coaches right now. Raiders That'd be really funny. Coach, I'm when you're an interim, do you get? Does your contract get changed, or are you still being paid as like know. your I'm defensive coordinator or whatever he was before? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, Antonio Pierce, come on the show, talk to us. Let us know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, uh, Kyler Murray, we already talked about that. He returns. I think the biggest thing that we didn't talk about yet is Josh Dobbs. Oh my goodness, he came in off that like, hit me right in the feels. My man, listen, the man's smart. Okay, he's a he's literally a rocket scientist. And that's not like an exaggeration. My man is a—he has his degree in, I think, astrophysics. He's one of my—he does like yeah. so. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL that doesn't play on my team. Like, yeah, even when he yeah. was. I on would the just Cardinals. say like, just a down to earth guy. Yeah. yeah, he's not a af- like he doesn't act like an athlete. No, he's he's he, very nice, very very eloquent, very well spoken, and yeah, like. However, I will say he was on the field, and when he scored that rushing touchdown, he like ran up to a camera and went, "Let's effing go!" And I was like. As, and I love seeing that from guys that go off the field and then are like super well spoken at press <laughs> conferences, and then on the field they're just like amped up and yeah. yeah. It's just I could not imagine being in the situation where he is. He's played for like six teams in like four years. He comes to Minnesota on a Tuesday, doesn't p- play an offensive snap in practice, yeah. not one singular snap. I saw the, a video of them on the sidelines. He was working yeah, with, the, with, the, center, with yeah. the center just so he knew how the guy snapped the ball yeah. before he went in. And he goes and wins the game. Like, and that blows my It's impressive. Yeah. How you know where everybody's going to be. What, do you, what What does he do when he gets in the huddle? Kevin, I, I was, like, looking at Football. this. Football. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Kevin O'Connell was, like, he'd like, be like, Josh, this is what everyone's running. This is the routes that are being run. Call and this play to them. Yeah. Like, basically, basically Kevin O'Connell was the quarterback. Yeah, pretty much. But he's controlling Josh Dobbs. And just and just telling him like every play, like this is the rest that are being run, this is what's to, happening. To like in real time. To take the contrary, being the Falcons, that is kinda sad. Well, yeah. But you know, listen, it's that is a that's a football gods moment in you or not. That was sick. Yeah. That was probably one of the best moments of the week. Josh yeah. Dobbs has been on my fantasy football team this year. And you know what? He's, he's played for three different teams. And he's he's had my heart the whole time. I yeah. I, I support him. Right? Because didn't he start with Tennessee this year? He's he was pl- on the he was traded like four squad, times. Yeah. He was on yeah. the Browns. Oh yeah, he was on the yeah Browns this year. Jeez. Yeah, I forgot about Before that. Before he went to uh, Arizona, yeah, he was on the Browns. Was he a Steeler at one point? He was a Steeler. Uh, uh, yes, player, last year he was the backup. Or no, not last year. Year before was it last year? Roethlisberger. I think it was him. Then Roethlisberger. Then. Yeah. Um, wasn't there a year they had like Delvin Hodges too and Mason? They had like four quarterbacks. They used oh, to that's what it was. It might have been the year that Mason Rudolph was the starter when Big oh, Ben got Duke Hodges. I forgot about that. He was on that team too. He was the backup, I think, to Rudolph at one point. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he's played for half the league. Steelers, Jaguars, Steelers again, Browns, Lions, Titans, Browns again, Cardinals, Vikings. So he's played for not. Well, well, he's played for seven teams. Seven teams, I guess. but two stints on. Yeah. So he's played for seven teams in how many years? Four? Uh, when yeah. did he get drafted? Yeah, yeah. he's four well, years. 2017 draft. 
So fourth round, 2017. So six years. But okay. Still. And it just it blows my mind. I like if I was him and I had never ever ever, I don't even know the people's names that I'm playing with. Barely. Oh yeah, no, you don't. I, I'm going into a game to win a game and I have no idea what's going on. Like, it's crazy to think that that's. Yeah. fathomable yeah. that you could even yeah. do that. Of course, yeah. he's an he's an NFL quarterback. He knows, you know, okay, this guy's going to make this route. When he breaks his route, he's going to throw it there. Like, uh-huh. that that stuff never leaves. But to not know at all what you're Anything. doing besides that. not Yeah, not no players, not no playbook, not no coaches, just nothing. Yeah. Street ball. Not no center one yeah. minute before you're going yeah. in. Like Yeah, that is nuts. Blows uh-huh. my mind. To win, that's uh, yeah. That's if there was a baller of the week for the NFL, yeah. he's the baller oh, of the week for the yeah. NFL. Well, maybe CJ Stroud, but narrative. No, that's true. Narrative, narrative of the narrative. week. There yeah. we go. Yeah. There we go. Um, I think we should just quickly get through the rest of our stuff here. Boye Mafe was like pretty much the only bright spot for the Seahawks last week. I'd say. Um, I was um, gonna say something here. Oh yeah, go quick. ahead. Seattle missed an opportunity in that game. Geno Smith's been bad for the last four weeks. You had an opportunity once that game got out of hand to put Drew Lock in. Yes. And I think, like, yeah, Drew Locke was horrible with the Broncos. We haven't really gotten much of a look at him with the Seahawks Mm -hmm. except for that one drive against the Giants. And so I thought, at worst, if Drew Locke goes in there, whatever, you were going to lose the game anyways. uh, Yes, yes. Now it's, okay, so if you go against the Commanders this week and you lose, who do you start next week? And Geno's not good again. Who do you start? Because I think... Because you don't know what you have in Locke. No. I think you could have found out this past week at against the Ravens. a little bit. But at now, the same time... Okay, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I think I, you were about to make this point, maybe. But uh, Ravens have are fantastic defense. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. But he's struggled now the last four weeks. Yeah. And well, what I was going to say is, as much as it could have been, yeah, bring Drew Locke in, see what you got, it could have just been horrible for Drew Locke because he is playing the Ravens defense, which is the best defense. Yeah, it needs to be a point of where you need to also gain confidence as a backup, and when you're throwing him in there uh, yeah, to the Wolves when you're already getting spanked, there's a, both sides to what you're saying. My thing, though, now is, like, when are we going to see Drew Locke? Because if, so Gino has to start this week against the Commanders. You don't start Locke in a cold position. No. But if Gino goes in and has a bad game against the Commanders, you play the Rams next week. Who do you start? I and think so, a team assuming, like the Rams, assuming, you have a better chance of starting Locke because they're just not as good. But yeah, assuming though, like you don't see Locke at all this week, I it's I think they missed an opportunity to see maybe what they had. But that's yeah. Um, we already kind of talked about Chicago Carolina being the tank bowl, but it's not really the tank bowl because Chicago has both picks regardless. Um, Dolphins losing to the Chiefs. Now I saw this stat on Twitter and I thought it was pretty crazy. They haven't beat a team that's above 500 since week three of last season, which was like the sauna heat stroke game with the Bills where, mm. like, players were collapsing on the field. Um, now, granted, and this is, like, the asterisk on this stat, is that it doesn't count if they beat a team that, like, finished 500. They had to be 500 at the time they played. So they did beat teams that ended up finishing above 500. Oh, okay. But the last time they beat a team that was above 500, 500 at the time they okay. played was the Bills in week, week three of last year. So. Potential frauds? Potential frauds. They haven't been as guns ablazing since the Broncos week, I no. find. No. no. Well, to be, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, yes, the Broncos, yes, of course, but still. Yeah, no. Their offense hasn't looked nearly as good. No. They've also, they haven't had A-Chain. Yeah. Or A-Chan. Is that A-chan. Uh, although Mostert has arguably been one of the best running backs in the league this year. Um, they just, they do need to just run the ball more. That's really. Like, he, he it's a positive play every single time. Feels like it, yeah. Um. 
What do you think? We good? Yeah, I think we're good. I think we should we're, wrap it up. Thanks for up, yeah. coming on the show today, Truman. We Thank really appreciate it. I appreciate Woo. it. Now you're definitely the highest guest because Will doesn't count as a guest anymore. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry Truman. Um, so, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, tune in again next week. Check it out. Also, Apple by the way, and I, don't think, I don't think we've plugged the social medias as oh, well. Oh, at all. Yeah, that's I'll true. I'll just quickly do that. I'll run the gauntlet here. Do it. <laughs> Instagram, at the Armchair Athletes. Bang. TikTok, at Armchair Athletes. Bang. Twitter, slash X, at Chair Athletes. Bang. And we're also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CMRU.ca as a podcast. Bang. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you. Thanks, guys.